In your righteousness, deliver me and set me free. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. You are my crag and my stronghold. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the clutches of the evildoer and the oppressor. For you are my hope, O Lord God, my confidence since I was young. I have been sustained by you ever since I was born. From my mother's womb, you have been my strength. My praise shall always be with you. The second reading this morning is taken from Hebrews. <coughs> you have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be, would be spoken to them. For if they could not endure the order that was given, even if an animal touches a mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and innumerable angels in festal gatherings, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that has created things, so that we cannot be shaken, may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed one God is a consuming fire. The word of the Lord. Please rise. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. 
Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it out to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set from the bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all of his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. In the name of the living God, who has the capacity to heal and transform us. Amen. Please proceed. Well, if there was anything that I could do this morning that I would just love to be able to do, would be able to reach into your life and to take away the pain and the memories and the things that have hurt you. I know what it's like to feel pain. I know what it's like to have stories, to have had experiences that have that crippling effect on life. And this is what we hear about, of course, in our Gospel text. What's interesting about this text is, while there are so many texts of the Bible where Jesus heals people with physical infirmities, here we hear about Jesus healing a woman with a spiritual infirmity. And I think at that very basic level, so many of the things that we carry have a spiritual quality about them. Some of our stories can liberate us and make us feel empowered to go out and do incredible things in the world. But other stories that we carry have a way of crippling us, of stopping us in our tracks. Because we carry with us pain, and we simply don't know what to do with it. Now, one of the people that's taught me a lot about pain and about what to do with pain was Frederick Buechner. Has anybody here heard the name Frederick Buechner? Yes, he died this past week. He tells the story about a time when he was invited by Howard DeButz to the Lady Lodge in Kerrville, Texas to give a talk. Bigner was a writer and a speaker who had a way of telling his own story that liberated others to realize they were human. And by the way, it's good to be human, but it isn't easy. Hmm. Bigner told a story about uh, his childhood. His father was an alcoholic. And on one particular occasion, his father wanted to go out and go to the liquor store. But his mother went and took the keys. And his father couldn't find the keys. And she ultimately gave the keys to Frederick. And he took those keys and he hid those keys under his pillow. And his father, as he recounts, came in and yelled, where are the keys? Where are the keys? And Frederick sobbed and he finally went to sleep. He talked about how that experience really haunted him. And it wasn't until later in life that he realized he needed to go and talk with someone about it. But in the process of talking and processing the pain, 
he felt a kind of liberation from it. And he told the people that day of the measure of release that he felt he had experienced. Mm. Howard Black came up to him and said something to him. He said that never left his consciousness. He said, sir, thank you so much for telling your story. It sounds like you have been a good steward of your pain, and I have not. Bigner says those words, steward of pain, really struck him. He said it didn't feel like much of a compliment. But when he stopped and he thought about it, he realized it was something that through the power of the Holy Spirit he'd been able to do. You see, there are a lot of things that we can do with pain in our lives. We can use pain to claim victim. We can use pain to seek sympathy. We can also use pain as a weapon toward other people. The thing that we have to do in our lives is we have to process the pain, as Buechner did. And ultimately, we have to stay close to it. Because what happens, you see, is that the pain of our lives actually becomes a superpower. Because it gives us the capacity to understand and love other people. And when we love other people with an awareness and consciousness of empathy, we experience a measure of healing ourselves. Where your wound is, Robert Bly said, there you will find your genius. I've always been struck that when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose with his wounds. Now, I don't know about you, but if I rose from the dead, I'd be about 30 pounds lighter, <laughs> six-pack, and I'd be jacked up. Right? But Jesus rises from his wounds, and he says to Thomas, put your hands in my wounds, and you'll know who I am. Jesus' wounds help him to identify with our wounds. And our wounds give us great love and compassion for other people. Now, I have a superhero in my life who is somehow, during her life, she's no longer with me today. She's my mother. She'll always be my mother. She had a lot of things that happened in her childhood. And following my parents' divorce, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. But the amazing thing was, she chose to frame her pain around loving other people from that place of compassion and empathy. One year when I was in college, uh, I had the distinct honor of being the community service chairman of my fraternity. Let me tell you, there was a long line for that. <laughs> and I said, Mama, what do you think we should do? And she said, well, Sugar, you know, I've always loved the Special Olympics because Special Olympics celebrate ability. And she said, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're to create the most extraordinary experience for these children. The children of Prince Edward County, Virginia, the last county in Virginia to desegregate where I went to college, a little college called Hamden, Sydney. 
And she, I said, well, Mama, what do you want to do? She said, well, sure, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to call the president of the college, and we're going to get it all lined up. I said, she said, well, what do you think if we were right at the opening games, if we had a helicopter flying? I said, Mama, I don't know if we'll be able to pull that one off. That's a good idea. She said, well, what do you think if, if, if when the helicopter lands, if we could get Smokey the Bear to jump out? I said, well, Mama, if you think you could pull that off, that sounds wonderful. She said, and then I think, you know, what would be amazing is if we could have a marching band. I said, Mama, I think if we do that, all these boys, these children are going to be so excited they're not going to be able to participate in the, in the Special Olympics. She said, I think they'll be fine. And so, sure enough, she got on the horn and she talked to the president of the college. And I'll never forget the day. It was a day, not unlike today, slight chill. There was dew on, on the football field or in the center of the track. And the children had gathered around, and all of a sudden, you were, and sure enough, the helicopter came and it blew all the trees and landed. And the children, these children, who had, some had never been out of the county before, were just completely lit up. And sure enough, Smokey the Bear jumped <laughs> out of the helicopter. And then there was the Prince Edward High School that came around in the marching band. And it was the most exciting thing. And then after the, the opening games, everybody gathered at the gym. And my mother had surprised everybody and gotten a Motown band. And they came out and they, the first song was, Do you remember? Remember that song, September? Yeah, yeah. And the kids were dancing and all that. And at the end of that beautiful evening, they called my mother forward to thank her for what she had done. And it wasn't lost on anyone that when she came forward, she came forward in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the neck down. We all have pain. And I'm so sorry for what has happened to you and for what you've lived with. But I don't believe ultimately it has to cripple us. I believe with God's help, God has a way of entering into our lives and helping heal us. And I think we know that we are beginning to heal when we begin to realize that actually that pain is a superpower because it gives us the capacity to know what other people are feeling. And when we reach out in love and empathy and compassion toward other people, not only do we experience a measure of healing, but we bring hope and healing to this world.